0: a very special meaning for me. And I'm not referring merely to the anxieties of the day, the anxieties that were a a natural part of uh, sending in an invasion where you knew that many hundreds of boys were going to give their lives or be maimed forever. But uh, my mind goes back so often to this fact. On D-Day, my own son graduated from West Point. And uh, after his training uh, with his division, he came over with the 71st Division, but that was some time after this event. But on the very day he was graduating, these men came here, British and our other allies, Americans, to storm these beaches for one purpose only, not to gain anything for ourselves, not to fulfill any ambitions that America had for conquest but just to pre- to preserve freedom systems of self-government in the world many thousands of men have uh, died for ideals such as these and here again in the 20th century for the second time Americans along with the rest of the free world but Americans had to come across the ocean to defend those same values. Now my own son has been very fortunate. He has had a, a very full life since then. He is a father of four lovely children that are very precious to my wife and me. But these young boys, so many of them, over who, whose graves we have been treading, looking at, wondering and contemplating about their sacrifices, they were cut off in their prime. They are—they have families. that grieve for them, but they never knew the great experiences of going through life like uh, my son. I can enjoy. I devoutly hope that we will never again have to uh, see such scenes as these. I think and hope, pray that the humanity had learned more than we had learned up to that time.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Fritzcast, Tuesday, May thirtieth, two thousand seventeen, and uh, I, you know, I opened up the program today. Obviously, not bombastic, not in your face, not with my usual zaniness, uh, because oh, it's Memor- It's it's right after Memorial Day weekend, and I played that that clip from Dwight D. Eisenhower. To open the show. It's actually him recalling D-Day. Now. I'm not against. People going out and enjoying themselves. Memorial Day weekend. In fact that's probably. One of the most American things you can do. is, Is go out to the beaches. Or have a barbecue. You know. Pop open the beers. And just lay back and enjoy. A free day. But. For me. At least. It's always been important to be reflective, and I mean really and truly reflective of what the day is and what the day means, because at the end of the day, you know what? Memorial Day isn't about, oh, let's go to the beach, let's fire up the grill, let's uh, throw American flags around and act like it's the 4th of July. Memorial Day is a day for playing taps. Memorial Day is a day for seeking out these old interview clips of revisiting some of the horrors and tragedies of war. Hearing them from from people like Eisenhower. Going back and listening to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's speech about the attack on Pearl Harbor. I go even further back when thinking about fallen soldiers in the name of American freedom. Uh I, you know, it it brings me back to eh, might be a touchy subject to mention this one, but words from Robert E. Lee on the battlefield. It is well that war is so terrible, lest we grow too fond of it. It's probably very easy to look at any recent history and think of the fallen soldiers. and I mean, that, that clip that I got the audio from Dwight Eisenhower, it's actually a video clip black and white, you know, grainy film from whenever it aired on the television. But they're actually walking through one of of the many graveyards that's literally just littered with those cross headstones. And then to hear Eisenhower talk about it and, and the fact that they knew that they were going like on D day they they soldiers were loaded up in boats and they knew that they would be storming a a beach and a lot of them knew that they would die on those beaches and yet they still went and did it and it's probably easier to remember to remember those ones than it is to go back even further And think about poor farm men Before the United States even was called the United States Carrying a banner against Without a shadow of a doubt the largest and most Sophisticated Army in the world at that time the, the army of the United Kingdom In a time when warfare Despite all the technological advancements And, and the power that has gone into Weaponry and, and warfare Still going back That far That many centuries Warfare then was Probably the bloodiest Warfare Conceived Every year the You know, every every year Memorial Day rolls around And I always find myself Nose deep in either books about Something historical Involving America and warfare Or browsing through YouTube That, you know, internet is a great thing The fact that you can go on there And you can find these actual Speeches from Franklin Delano Roosevelt Dwight Eisenhower y- You can pull up sound clips of Calvin Coolidge's president If you want And that's something that the internet has brought us instantaneous access to It's an amazing thing You will find me Memorial Day, 4th of July uh, Other historical Veterans Day Other historical days Of that nature You will find me Seeking out all these things in our past That Really do need to be remembered For the importance of the sacrifice Anybody that Dons a U.S. military uniform I try to have a deep and utmost respect for them Despite what we might be doing in the world right now and how we're doing it. We can go into long debates about warfare, where we stand now as a world superpower, how our army should be used. But I will never disrespect somebody who, for lack of a better term, had the balls and has the balls... To put on that uniform, because putting on that uniform is not going to a regular day job. And I have no qualm saying that. I Sure, I put on a uniform and I go into a prison every day. Pales in comparison to somebody who's throwing on a uniform for the United States Army. You're sacrificing so much time, so much energy, so much of your life. That's a true... Calling, that's a true dedication That you're you're putting yourself in When you do that And that is why my hat is off To those people that do it So that being said, happy Memorial Day I hope that everybody out there that's listening Has done something along the lines that, that I've stated here Diving into the past Reading a book about you know, something of, of significant American history in it involving warfare uh, or, you know, YouTube clips. What, whatever whatever the case is, whatever your choice of medium is, I'm hoping that you took the time to do it. If not, I mean, it's never too late to do that. Check something out. Check something out. So that being said, it's another week, Guys. Another week, and uh, let's see, this past week has been not so exhilarating for me. Uh, Let's see, the wife went to see her brother graduate in Texas. I dropped her off on Friday at the airport. Plane took off, I got home, kind of just chilled until I had to go to work. Worked all over the weekend, Uh, so I mean, at least, you know, I, I, I had some alone time over the weekend. Whether it was actually wanted or not, you know, that's a different story. But uh, I, also had, <laughs> I also had money from my mother for my birthday. It was my birthday last week. 28 years old, this guy right here. Kind of crazy, but, you know, we're not at 30 yet. So we'll still truck on and say that I'm a young buck. That's, that's what we'll stick with. In fact, you'll never hear me say I'm old because I always have siblings that are way older than I am. No offense to my older siblings. Full offense to my older siblings. You guys are old. I'm young. Get over it. So uh, I took a trip to Best Buy. I actually bought a a, a portable Bluetooth speaker, and I actually posted this on the Facebook page. Yes, I know I need to learn how to branch out and use the Twitter more often. Working on it. Working on it. Uh, I also had one blog post on the WordPress fritzcast.wordpress.com. That was about Manchester. Uh, Really, it was about Manchester and what Glenn Beck said about it. But uh, let me get there. Wait a minute. So I bought this Bluetooth speaker. It fits in your hand. It's small. It is super small. And it has like a belt clip so you can clip it to your belt. You could, like me, I'm going to try doing this a little later today, clip it onto your bike, go bike riding, not have to have annoying annoying in-ear head buds on your head. Uh, It's kind of hard for me to keep earbuds in while biking. It's just they fall out. So I'm trying something new. Uh, So I was blown away by the power of that. I mean, the quality of the music isn't, you know, flawless. It's not like plugging in a Bose or putting it in your surround sound system. And you shouldn't expect that buying a portable little Bluetooth speaker. But it's the precedence. You can have pretty loud music from this little device. ...that lasts on like a six-hour charge, I think, or something... ...and you can wirelessly connect your phone to it. It's amazing! Technology is crazy! We also, uh... Oh, yeah, we went to see... What was it? King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. If you recall the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr., those films were made and directed by Guy Ritchie. And this is also made by Guy Ritchie. Uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same cut. It's not cut from the same cloth exactly. But I will say King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, Very, a very odd film, but it was a solid, solid movie. I would say it's a solid like B movie. You know, it's not an A+, but it's not terrible either. And you've got some great actors in it. Some very great actors in it, like uh, Aiden Gillen and Jude Law and Eric Bana. Jude Law especially. I don't know what it is about Jude Law and playing the bad guy. Maybe it's his voice and his accent, which I'm probably not doing very well right now. But the way he can talk... Can portray characters He's just a good bad guy He's a good evil guy That you end up just hating So much He's so much a good bad guy That I had to ask Has he ever played a good guy And then I was reminded that in Sherlock Holmes He in fact played Watson And he's played Good guys as well It's just that he's a good bad guy But overall, the film is over-the-top ridiculous uh, (laughs) and a very odd, peculiar twist on a legend story of of King Arthur. I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody was expecting some huge, massive, epic-scale film, but it was, I mean, for what it was worth, just being a little junker fun movie to put on, that's what it was. It was a junker fun movie. It's not... You got me watching that going. That that's a pretty interesting, odd. I wonder what kind of drugs you were on when you incepted this idea type of thing. But <laughs> that's the. I'm okay with that kind of film once in a while. If I sit down and watch Star Wars, I'm actually I'm pretty much a stickler and all about a, a good story and and emotional buildups and tie-ins and stuff. I'm not expecting that from this film. So if you want to go see that, go see that. Now before I break into the past news and all that I did mention Glenn Beck and the WordPress blog post that I did. Uh so I posted my WordPress blog post on my birthday of all days. Um and it just goes about how, you know, you get notifications on your phone and a lot of times I get a lot of notifications. I get I have a lot of different news sources that I get notifications and blips from and I try to... You know, if it's something that I think is interesting and and warrants a look at, I bookmark it, check it out later. A lot of times I just swipe, though. I just swipe, swipe, swipe. The Manchester one came in. And it linked to a, a disturbing video that was posted on Twitter of people screaming and trying to scatter out of the arena. None of those people got hurt. But it was immediately after a bomb went off, and you just see all these panicked people trying to leave a stadium. And Glenn Beck talked about it because a lot of the victims of that attack were children. Young, teenage, teenaged and younger children. And Glenn Beck had a a pretty telling dialogue about it in which he said that I hope people realize it wasn't just like a random hit. It's not like they just said, oh, Ariana Grande concert, let's hit it. Glenn Beck says that was was targeted in the hopes of hitting at the children because they know that killing the children will horrify us. And it does. It does horrify us. And I wrote a little bit more about that... In a blog post. Because terrorism is the... Terrorism as a concept... Is the worst. One of the worst. And the fact that... Terrorism has been going on so long. Especially of this vein. Against westernized society. It's horrible to think about. And it's one of the hardest battles to fight. Because you're fighting offshoot ideologies, and it's just so hard to to figure out how to snuff out radical ideologies like that. It's really, it's really truly horrific. So that's a blog post, word, fritzcast.wordpress.com. So if you've got your eyes peeled on any news source on the internet right now, though Russia... The Russia business is taking the forefront of pretty much everything right now. Uh, Just in, if the page will load, there we go. uh, Trump's White House communications director has resigned. That's Mike Dubke. He's resigned as communications director, confirmed by the Hill early this day on Tuesday. In what could be the beginning of a major staff overhaul amid the growing Russia controversy. His last day is unknown. Uh, He agreed to stay on until Trump's overseas trip was completed. Uh, On top of all this, there's reports now that Russians had talked about potentially derogatory information on Trump in regards to U.S. election interference, also coming out of the Hill, Uh, Russian government officials reportedly talked about having possible derogatory information about President Trump and some of his top aides during the 2016 race. The officials' discussions were intercepted by U.S. intelligence, citing two former intelligence officials and a congressional source. One source told CNN that the information was related to finances. Russians appeared to think that they had the ability to influence the administration through the derogatory information. On top of all of that, Trump has stated that, "quote, Russian official, officials must be laughing at the U.S. and how lame excuse for why Dems lost the election has taken over the fake news." This is a tweet from from Donald Trump. So uh, I would uh, I would argue, President Trump. That you are in fact Probably right That Russia is laughing at us Not for the reason that you stated But just for the fact that They dominate our airwaves right now It's all about Russia And Well now As the evidence piles up As it continually piles up Things just don't look good They don't look good at all. And in light of recent events, we've had the UK just last week was saying, although they are still, it should be noted, the UK is still sharing classified information with us. But they had stated at one point that they were considering not because they were unsure if that information would stay safe. We've had... Massive amounts of leaking issues Which even Donald Trump himself states is troubling Trump of course went to NATO And talked about how other countries need to pay more into NATO That they owe us Because we've been paying into NATO Not only that, but if you'll remember Trump said NATO was horrible And we should pull out of it and then all of a sudden, one eighty flips, and now he loves NATO. NATO, NATO's great if it, it would just if people would pay more money. All right, people would pay more money for NATO. I I get the plea that like if countries are going to be in NATO, they should fork over whatever money they need to fork over, what have you. But he pretty much stood up and scolded everybody for not paying enough money and then said stuff like, I didn't ask how much this headquarters cost. I didn't ask how much, uh, we, how much it had to be paid for, how much money it was. Like it mattered.
2: These grave security concerns are the same reason that I have been very, very direct with Secretary Stoltenberg and members of the alliance in saying that NATO members must finally contribute their fair share and meet their financial obligations. But 23 of the 28 member nations are still not paying what they should be paying and what they are supposed to be paying for their defense. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States. And many of these nations owe massive amounts of money from past years and not paying in those past years. Over the last eight years, the United States spent more on defense than all other NATO countries combined. If all NATO members had spent just 2 percent of their GDP on defense last year, we would have had another $119 billion for our collective defense and for the financing of additional NATO reserves. We should recognize that with these chronic underpayments and growing threats, even 2 percent of GDP is insufficient to close the gaps in modernizing readiness and the size of forces. We have to make up for the many years lost. Two percent is the bare minimum for confronting today's very real and very vicious threats. If NATO countries made their full and complete contributions, then NATO would be even stronger than it is today, especially from the threat of terrorism. I want to extend my appreciation to the 9-11 Memorial and Museum in New York for contributing this remnant of the North Tower, as well as to Chancellor Merkel and the German people for donating this portion of the Berlin Wall. It is truly fitting that these two artifacts now reside here so close together at the new NATO headquarters. And I never asked once what the new NATO headquarters cost. I refuse to do that. But it is beautiful. So there you go.
1: He pretty much says pay up. And by the way, I didn't ask how much this this how much you paid for this, how much this cost. I never asked. I refused to do that. Which is kind of a roundabout way of saying, hey, how much did this cost? Was it worth it? It's beautiful, but how much did it cost? Now, of course, Trump on his international trip he has butted heads with some people. For example, German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Another late treat uh, latest tweet from Donald Trump, which at least he's Posting these tweets on his personal Twitter account and not the actual official POTUS Twitter account. Not that it matters. But he had this to tweet on May thirtieth, six forty AM. So that's that's this very day. It's May thirtieth. So he tweeted this at six thirty or six forty in the morning. He said, quote We have a massive trade deficit with Germany, plus they pay far less than they should on NATO and military. Very bad for U.S. This will change. Merkel, of course, was quoted saying on Sunday that her country can no longer completely depend on the U.S. She has said that Europeans must really take our destiny into our own hands. Quote, the times in which we could completely depend on others are on the way out. I've experienced that in the last few days. Now the news, this is what I love about the news. It kind of reports it out of context. You have to look at what she actually said to us. This is like a campaign speech um, for the upcoming German elections. This is what it says. It says the times when we could completely count on others, they are over to a certain extent. I have experienced this in the last few days, and this is why I can only say we Europeans must really take our fate into our own hands. Of course, in friendship with the United States of America, in friendship with Great Britain... And as good neighbors, wherever that is possible, with Russia and with other countries. But we have to know that we must fight for our own future, for our destiny as Europeans, and that's what I want to do together with you. That, sorry sorry for the gaps in between, that's thanks to the YouTube video that I was watching, translating it. That's what, that was her actual full statement, which... You know, on the cusp of it, does that really sound like, uh, does that, does that literally sound like she was saying, well, we can't rely on America in in the sense that, like, oh, they've become so unreliable, we can't rely on them? Or was that more of a call of, hey, it's time for us to stand up, fight for what we need to fight for, do it ourselves, and, and, and things like that? That's kind of how I take the statement. I don't take it as, America is unreliable, untrustworthy, and we can't associate with them anymore. In fact, she said to keep those relationships with the United States of America, with Great Britain, and with other countries like, duh, Russia! Oh my god, she said she wants to work with Russia. How horrible. She's done. She's not going to win her election. Not if she wants to be cool with Russia, our greatest geopolitical foe, according to Mitt Romney. According to Mitt Romney, four years ago, when it wasn't a big deal to anybody else, when it was the 1980s are calling and they want their foreign policy back. By the way, too, before I go on, I forgot this, the the NATO speech. (laughs) Did you see the clip of Donald Trump? Pompous, arrogant, straight up asshole pushes aside one of the representatives of one of the other nations. I forget who cuz it was like it it literally was a nobody that he shoved out of the way. Not saying not not trying to belittle the situation. Montenegro, that's what it was. He Trump walks through there's a there's this huge gathering of people all sitting there prime ministers, presidents, you know, representatives whatever. It was the prime minister of Montenegro Dusko Markovic And I mean literally You gotta watch the video if you haven't seen it Chances are you have because I run behind a little bit He shoves this guy Out of the way This this is straight up out of like comedy flicks You know that you go, you go to the movies And you watch He shoves him out of the way Looks around Straightens out his coat jacket And then looks forward triumphantly Like piss off it was terrible. It's terrible that I'm laughing at it because it really, in terms of presidential acts, not very presidential. Okay, not very, uh, not a very good look because people will look at that and go, "That's America for you." They'll just say, "F off, buddy." Now, Montenegro, you probably can't even point to it on a map, so don't feel, don't feel too bad. I had to Google it. It is across the. Think about Italy. Think about where Italy is on a map. You probably still need to look at a map because you're not well-versed. Sits above the Mediterranean Sea, above Africa. You know, just a couple countries down is Greece. And then across the pond... What pond is that? What sea... What sea is that? The Adriatic Sea. Across the Adriatic Sea, there lies Italy. So, Montenegro... It's a Balkan country with rugged mountains, medieval villages, and a narrow strip of beaches along its Adriatic coastline. The Bay of Kotor, resembling a fjord, is dotted with coastal churches and fortified towns such as Kotor and Herceg Novi. I can't pronounce half of this stuff anymore. Its capital is Porgo, Porgosia, Por, Por- P- Podgorica. I can't pronounce them. I can't pronounce them. I'm sorry if that makes me look stupid. With a population of six hundred and twenty-two thousand, six hundred twenty-two thousand three hundred and eighty-eight people. Two thousand fifteen sources: World Bank, quick facts from Google, Montenegro. I, for one, wouldn't. I, I, you know, who cares if it's small? Don't push aside as prime minister. Like, get out of here. You nothing. You're nothing on the world stage of leaders. I'm Donald J. Trump. I think what's baffling is this USA Today article actually says that uh, Dusko Markovic called called the incident inoffensive. He said, quote, This was an inoffensive situation. I do not see it in any other way. Okay, humble man. I would have totally said this dick came out of nowhere and shoved me aside which I mean it's just that's how it looks that's how it looks and like why can't why 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 why, why do we have to do this <laughs> seriously there's been a couple of incidents of of uh, supposedly melania uh slapping his hand away trump's hand away i know i'm like breaking into something else here there's been several reports that uh melania has slapped trump's hand away at various times uh during this uh During this worldwide trip, I hate news picking up on stuff like that because it's what they're going for with all of that is they're trying to build a case that Melania doesn't actually love Donald Trump, doesn't have any kind of relationship with him other than, you know, being a trophy wife and having money and all that. I don't, I I hate the news grasping at straws for that, trying to build up that narrative when literally. She could have. You know how often my wife gets mad at me? Hmm. You know how often she bats my hand away? Okay. it's If you piss off wifey, she don't. She she's not so affectionate, is she? Anybody, even if what you thought you did was minor, it's never, it's it's never okay to piss off wifey. Okay, ever. Except when it's warranted and which but it never is sometimes most of the time maybe i don't know but that's the news world that we live in that's the 24-hour news world that we live in donald trump sneezes the wrong way looks for a handkerchief asks his wife for one she throws a whole box of kleenex at him and tells him to man up or something that's what you get in our that's what you get in the world news today i mean well not the world news in american news that's what you get in American news today, so take that as what you will. So we have all the crazy Russia stuff. We have Donald Trump's world tr- world tour and how it's going. Various world leaders and situations going on. the The last thing I wanted to finish up on was this this story of a Republican. Congressional candidate from Montana Greg Gianforte Supposedly body slamming A reporter now there's only audio Of this incident there's not any video To go off of but there are Accounts including Fox News The Fox News team To back this up This Posted on the Guardian And uh Posted five days ago. I believe they already had this election. I'll give you the results in a minute. But uh, a reporter, (laughs) Ben Jacobs from The Guardian. From The Guardian. Okay? There's an audio tape of this exchange. And the audio incident comes from a Fox News journalist. And the Fox News journalist backs this up, okay? Gianforte was pressed by Jacobs about a Republican health care bill. And Jacobs persisted, wanting to get an answer. And you know what? Voting for representatives and and people who are running for representatives, they have, to, to me at least anyway, the media has a right to question them just as much as we do. We have a right to press and question all we want you can slam your representatives with emails, with face-to-face meetings, things of that nature. Okay? We can do that. I think that's fine. As a representative, it's your it's it's your job to answer to the people that you represent. Anyway, the Fox team who witnessed this incident said that Jacobs showed no signs of physical aggression toward Gianforte Yet Gianforte Body slammed this guy Body slammed him He is facing a misdemeanor charge Of assault The Republicans rebuked But stood by him Yet, despite rebuking him, stood by him And Gianforte, who's 56 years old Took slightly more than 50% of the vote To about 44% of the vote to his opponent So, did his little incident tank him? No He wins the seat. The the guy body slams a reporter, allegedly. It's backed up by Fox News. Has a misdemeanor charge for assault. And still wins at roughly 50-ish percent of the vote. That's kind of nuts. So that is going to do it for me. Can I get some exit music? There we go. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day and hope you spent some time really reflecting on the true meaning of Memorial Day. Keep your eyes peeled on fritzcast.wordpress.com. There will be at least one or two entries coming up later this week. Remember to like and share this. Remember, it's facebook.com slash the FritzCast. On Twitter at FritzQS and fritzcast.wordpress.com for the blog. Love you and see you next week.